Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Good evening, everybody. All right. You can be seated. So good to be with you once again this evening. And I'm really excited about what I have to share with you. I uh, said to Mary Jean this morning when she asked me, are you going to talk about the prophetic word for 2022? I said, no, I hadn't planned on it. Uh, I usually preach it in our church first, and I won't start doing that until next Sunday. And uh, I spent about three weeks uh, talking about it. Then I take it to the rest of the world. But who can tell Mary Jean no? That's right. So uh, after thinking about it, and I said, okay, I'll share it tonight. So you're the first. Nobody else has heard it, praise God. My wife hasn't even heard it yet. It's, it's right hot off the press. Amen. Now, let me uh, uh, preface it with this. I've said this here before, but uh, I need to repeat it. Back in 1991, uh, while preaching with Brother Copeland in the Fort Worth or Southwest Believers Convention, I, always, I preach every day, but then he always has me to preach on Thursday nights as well. And that particular Thursday night, uh, I come up on the platform and he was just saying a few things about me. And, and then he said, it's your son. And then he started to walk off the platform and he stopped before he got to the steps. He said, wait a minute, Jerry, the, the word of the Lord's come to me and I need to share this before you start preaching. And so he came up to me and laid his hands on me and he said, the Lord is moving you into a new dimension of ministry beginning tonight. He's calling you into the office of the seer and you will begin to see things in the spirit and, uh, uh, and, and, and you will know what's on God's agenda in the days ahead and he'll hold you responsible for sharing it wherever he might send you. And so then he said, okay, it's yours. You can go preach now. And uh, of course, after the service, I got a copy of the recording of it. And then I took it back to my office and had my secretary to transcribe it. There was other things involved in that prophetic word, but that was the, the, to me, the most important part of it. And so then my art department put it in some beautiful lettering and framed it and put it on the wall in my office. So every time I was home, I could walk up there and read that. And I would say, I receive that. I receive that. I receive this new office of ministry. And then shortly after that, I was in uh, Southern California preaching all over uh, that area, different city every night. And I had one night off and I knew Brother Hagen was going to be in Riverside. So I had planned to be in Brother Hagen's meeting. And uh, since I didn't have a meeting that night, and uh, I was in Los Angeles, and I knew how long it would take me to get over to Riverside driving. And I didn't, I didn't call him. I didn't let him know I was coming. I didn't let anybody on his staff know I was coming. Usually, if, if I did that, they would save me a seat up next to, usually sit next to Aretha, or if Pat Harrison, his daughter, was there, they'd put me next to Pat. But I, I just wanted to surprise them. And so uh, being having been preaching in that area for many, many years, I knew how long it would take me to get from LA to Riverside. And I don't like being late. So I left plenty early, but it didn't turn out the way I had planned. 
Uh, it took me a long time to get to Riverside. There's just a lot of traffic. I think there was an accident on the freeway and it held us up. Well, by the time I got to Riverside, the service had already been going an hour, but I was determined to be there. I did not want to miss it. So much to my surprise, when I walked in the church, I didn't want to disturb anybody. So I was just going to look for a seat in the back. And I noticed that the Ramah singers were still singing. Brother Hagin was sitting on the platform looking down at his Bible and he hadn't started preaching yet, apparently. So I just looked for a seat in the back and apparently Brother Hagin raised his head and saw me and he said to the Ramah singers, you can stop now, he's here. Brother Jerry, God told me you'd be here. Come up here, I have a word for you. So I walked up to the front and Brother Hagin began to prophesy over me and he said, God has been calling you into a new office of ministry for quite some time and you have been hesitant to accept it and to move out in it. And he said, it's time for you to move in, move up, and move out. Amen. He said, you know what I'm talking about. I said, yes, sir, I do. And so he went on with his service. Then after the service, uh, I spent some time with him in the back in the speaker's room, and uh, he expounded upon it. And then, not too long after that, I'm preaching with Brother Copeland again in the uh, West Coast Believers Convention. Same schedule every day and then Thursday night. And Thursday afternoon, I got a call from Moore Roberts. He said, Jerry, when are you preaching again? I said, tonight. He said, uh, Evelyn and I will be there. Uh, have Carolyn Saver a seat for both of us. We want to sit next to her. I said, can you come a little early? Uh, say hello to me before I go out. And he said, sure. So he came back to the speaker's room and we greeted and then I had him escorted out to sit next to Carolyn. I preached that night. After the service, Brother Robert said, I'm not going to tell you what I heard tonight and what I saw in the spirit. He said, I'm going to write it to you in a letter. So when you get home, expect a handwritten letter from me. So when I got back home a few days later, I had a four page handwritten letter from Oral Roberts. And of course, I won't tell you about all that was in it, but the most, of, most important part of it and the way he started it was, when I heard you preaching in Brother Copeland's convention on Thursday night, I heard you preaching prophetically. And I encourage you, every time you go to the pulpit, preach prophetically. And then he went on with some other important things, but my three primary mentors saw the same thing, heard the same thing, within a couple of months of each other. So how can I refuse it? You know, I, I didn't ask for this. I was happy doing what I was doing. I didn't need some extra job, you know, but you know, when you're available, God uses you. And so from that time, that was 1991. From that time, I began setting time aside, especially in the month of October just to hear what the Lord has on his agenda for the coming new year. Amen. And uh, he's never failed to give me a prophetic word. And then I preach it to my church and then I take it to the world. And I don't, I don't change it. Uh, he keeps adding to it, but I just stick with it until he says otherwise. And so throughout 2021, the, the word that the Lord gave me was that it would be a year of abundant overflow. And that's what I wrote the book about, uh, the year of abundant overflow. And then later in the year, he said, 
it will be a year for an unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God. And then later in the year, he told me, it'll be a year of first. Things are going to happen for the first time in your life and for those who will receive it like never before. And then just a few weeks ago, I heard him say, and tell the people to raise their expectancy because I'm about to do some things unlike anything they've ever experienced before. Now, that's what I've been preaching all throughout 2021. Well, October the 1st, I went into prayer and uh, began seeking the Lord as to what do you have on your plans for 2022? So I said, you mean God will really tell you what's on his agenda? Of course. Jesus said one of the aspects of the ministry of the Holy Spirit He will not only lead and guide you into truth, but he will show you things to come. Hallelujah. Now, if you're not in the know, (laughs) I like to say, if you're not in the know, you're probably not going to be in the flow. (laughs) Amen. And I like being in the know. I don't, I don't want to be the last person in the body of Christ to find out what God's up to. You know, my, I, I don't have nightmares, but if I had one, this would be my worst nightmare that I've been going this way for the last six months and God's been going that way. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I don't, I don't want that happening to me. Amen. In fact, I remember Lester Summerall told me years ago, I loved brother Summerall. I, I preached with him all over the world. And uh, brother Summerall said when he first went in the ministry, he, he didn't want to be in the ministry. He did not want to preach. And, and he said that God said, if you don't preach, Lester, you're going to die. He said, so I preached because I didn't want to die. And he said, and I went to the pulpit mad every time I went. And, and, and then finally he accepted the call and he loved what he did. And then he said this, and I finally went to God and I said, God, don't ever do anything without including me while I'm still alive. If you're going to do anything in the earth, let me in on it. I want to be part of it. I thought, that's a wonderful prayer. Amen. So I said, Lord, me too. <laughs> Amen. Anybody else want to be involved in everything God's doing in the earth? Amen. So uh, coming into uh, October, I began to seek the Lord as to what we could expect in 2022. Now, I hadn't planned to preach that here. And not only that, I just received this. And uh, uh, I had left my handwritten notes on my secretary's desk just before I flew here. So I didn't have my notes. When I got back to my room this afternoon, I had said this morning in the service, I'd be talking about it tonight. And I went to my notebook and I, I remembered I left all those notes on my secretary's desk so she could type them up and have them for me so I could preach this next Sunday. Now, I, I had it in my heart, but I like, I like notes so I don't get distracted. Uh, you know, get on some rabbit trail somewhere that has nothing to do with the, the meat of what I want to say. So I had to call my secretary this afternoon. I said, Terry... I am so sorry uh, to ask you to do this. I know it's your day off, but could you go to the office and look on your desk and find the notes that I left there for you to type and type them up 
and get them to me just as quick as you can. So she did, and she faxed them over, and she called me, and she said, uh, Brother Jerry, the lady down at the front desk is going to uh, bring them up to your room, knock on the door, and have them for you. So about uh, 3.30 this afternoon, I got a knock on my door, and the lady said, uh, your secretary insisted that I bring these up here and get them to you. I said, thank you so very much. And then she told me, and I couldn't help it. I'm sorry, but I had to read them. <laughs> so she's already read the note. She said, it's good. I said, well, come to church tonight and you'll hear it in person. She said, oh, I got to work. I can't come, but oh, I sure would love to, but I've already read your notes. So she, she knows even before you do. <laughs> Amen. All right. Now, let me just start off with this. The Hebrew letter representing the number 20 means an open hand or giving freely or provision. The number 20 in the Hebrew. Now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I can't speak Hebrew, but I can read books, <laughs> okay? And I have plenty of them, and I study them all the time. And the number 20 in the Hebrew language means an open hand or giving freely, and an open hand represents provision, okay? Now, I saw that while I was praying uh, about this. I saw that first, and then I began to study it. And I, I, I tried to find a, a photo of somebody who had done a portrait of the open hand of God. And uh, this is the closest thing I could find. So guys, would you show that? An open hand. And then when I began to study it, it was quite interesting. And I'm excited about it, praise God. Amen. So an open hand, meaning giving freely or provision. Then the number 22, as in 2022. In the Hebrew, symbolizes disorder and chaos. Disorder and chaos. Now here's what I heard the Lord say. In the midst of more and more chaos and disorder, I will open my hand and will freely give to those who refuse to be shaken by it. So the disorder and the chaos we're already experiencing in the world, in our own nation, it's not going to cease by the end of this year. Amen. It's going to continue right on into 2022. In fact, it's going to get very ugly. That's what I've seen in my spirit. But for those who will not allow it to shake them, they're going to experience the open hand of God, God. meaning Amen. provision in the midst of chaos. Amen. That's what I'm saying. Provision in the midst of chaos. Say that with me. Provision in the midst of chaos. Does anybody think that might be some good news? Yeah. Well, I think you ought to give the Lord a shout in advance. Yeah. Amen. Did, did my mic go off? I thought I asked you to give a shout in advance. Oh, okay. Okay. There it is. All right. Now listen, I got lots of notes here. You ready? Got to unload it on you because Mary Jean asked me to. <laughs> All right, now listen to this. Several Hebrew scholars also said that the number 20 signifies expectancy. 
expectancy. So we can derive from this. Expect the hand of God to manifest in your behalf, even in the midst of disorder and chaos. Amen. Now, expectancy is very closely associated to faith. You, you can't have real Bible faith and not expect something from God. You know, I hear people say, well, we're just believing God. But if you really get to talking with them for a few moments, they don't express any expectancy. Uh, some people say, well, you know, you never know what God's going to do. Well, if you read the Bible, you do. If you listen to the Holy Spirit, you will know what God's going to do. And when you hear it, that should create expectancy. Just, just from a natural standpoint, when, when I was growing up, my dad raced automobiles. And uh, I loved what my dad did. And, and as a young boy, I grew up on racetracks all my young life. And uh, when dad would come home from work and tell me, son, uh, we're, we're going to the races in the morning. Be ready. Well, dad never, never lied to me. Dad never said, I changed my mind. If he said, we're going to the races, then you could take it to the bank. We're going to the races. And since I loved being at the races and watching my dad race, and I was always in the pits with him, you know, and, and uh, you know, learning uh, and preparing the car and so forth. And I was so excited about it and expectant about it that I wore it to bed that night what I was going to wear the next morning. So I wouldn't have to waste any time getting dressed. <laughs> you know? In other words, I was expecting. Yeah. You know, real Bible expectancy, one of its meanings is to have, this, have the head stretched out. In other words, when you're expecting something, you got, you're looking for it. Amen. Amen. You're looking for it. Well, one of the meanings of the word 20, according to several Hebrew scholars, signifies expectancy. So what I'm going to tell our church, what I'm going to tell the rest of the world as I'm traveling for the rest of the year and on into 2022 is begin to expect in 2022 in the midst of disorder and chaos, the hand of God, amen, amen. provision, regardless of what's happening around us. Can you say amen to that? Now, Psalm 145, verse 16 from the Passion Translation says this. When you, speaking of God, when you open your hand, it's full of blessings. When you open your hand, put that hand up there again. When you open your hand, it's full of blessings. The open hand of God represents provision. And it's full of blessings. Notice you never see a painting of God with a clenched fist. It's always an open hand. How many of you have seen the pictures of Jesus with his hands out like this? In other words, welcoming you, receiving you. Amen. But you never see a photo, a portrait of God having a clenched fist. Symbolizing withholding or being mad or upset with us. Right. No, praise God. We're, we've been redeemed. We're the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
have right standing with God. And he is certainly willing to pour out his blessings upon us. And once again, it says, when you open your hand, it's full of blessings. Hallelujah. Full of blessings. Look at your neighbor and say, full of blessings. And who do they belong to? They belong to the people of God. Look at somebody and say, and that is me he's talking about. Amen. The open hand of God always represents provision. One commentary stated this, and he does so liberally. When God provides, he does so liberally. It's never just enough. Our God is the God of more than enough. Ephesians 3.20, he is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we can ask or think. He's the God of abundance. He's the God of liberality. He's not stingy. He's not, he's not withholding. Uh, the Bible says that God is love. And one of the greatest attributes of love is love gives. God so loved, he gave. Amen. Amen. People that really love are givers. Amen. Amen. I really love my wife. We have been married uh, 55 years and uh, she is the object of my affection. Amen. I love that girl. And she's been in love with me since she's uh, nine years old. You don't believe that? Yeah, you ask her. She, her. Her family already lived on the street that my family eventually moved on. I was 11. She was nine. And as soon as they unloaded my bicycle, I took off down the road to check out the new neighborhood. And she and her sister were playing out in their front yard. And I didn't know this, but she went in the house when she saw me running, driving or riding the bicycle down the road. She went in the house and say, mama, I just saw the boy I'm going to marry and we're going to preach the gospel. Now, if she'd have told me that when we were growing up, I probably would have never spoken to her again. But she'd been in love with me since she was nine years old. You know, when you got it, you got it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, we didn't start dating. It's, it's a funny story. I was, when, when I first started dating, the first girl I dated, you know, actually took on a date, was her best friend. <laughs> Same age as Carolyn. They were best friends. And Carolyn, I would go pick up my girlfriend, this, this girl that I, you know, started going together. But Carolyn lived on the same road. So I would go pick up Carolyn and drive her to school, but we would stop at my girlfriend's house and pick her up. Now, Carolyn would be in the front seat as we were going to my girlfriend's house. When we got to the girlfriend's house, Carolyn moved to the back seat. And I'm going to write a book someday and call it, I Married the Girl in the Back Seat. <laughs> okay. And Carolyn, Carolyn told me, later, now, I didn't know any of this. I didn't know anything about this thing she told her mother. But she told me later, you know, after we married, she said, every time Patsy sat up in the front seat, I'd say, she just don't know, under her breath, she just don't know, but I'm going to marry him and, <laughs> and she will be no more, you know? <laughs> Amen. So that girl's been loving me all her life. So love gives. Amen. Real love gives. And that's what I endeavor to do with my, my wife, my family. My grandchildren back home, I'm not just grandpa, I am El Shaddai Papa. 
I'm the Papa that does exceeding abundant above all they can ask or think. And I'd like to have an amen out of Dylan. Amen. <laughs> amen. So love gives. Now he does. So one commentary says he provides his hope. His open hand represents provision and he does so liberally, liberally. And then another commentary stated this, and he does it promptly at once, all at once, because all that you will ever need is already in his hand. I love that. Let me read that again. This is from a commentary. He gives liberally and he does it promptly and at once because all that you will ever need is already in his hand. And still another commentary says this, he pours out until satisfaction is produced. In other words, you say it's enough. Uh, You know, in Malachi chapter three, verse 10 about, you know, bring all the, uh, to the storehouse until, and prove me in this, uh, that I'll show you. And I'm just paraphrasing. I'll show you that I will pour out a blessing upon you until there's not enough room to contain it. The lamps of translation says it this way. I will pour blessings out upon you in such abundance that you will finally say it's enough. Now I haven't said that yet, but (laughs) it's enough. That's the God we serve. He's the God of more than enough. And so this commentary says, when you see the hand of God opened, then it means that he will provide, he will do so promptly, and he will keep pouring it out until satisfaction is produced. Or in other words, until you say it's enough. So that sounds like to me, God has plans of taking care of you, even in the midst of chaos. Hallelujah. Is this good news to anybody? Now, let me share this with you because I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be uh, correct if I didn't. Hebrews chapter four, verse two says this. You know, the Bible teaches us that there are certain examples in the Bible that we are not to follow. Like Psalm 78 says we're not to follow the children of Israel and how they conducted and behaved themselves because they continually forgot the miracles of God. They continually uh, question him. They provoked him and, and we're not to be like that. But in the new Testament, it says, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So there are certain individuals we're not to follow, but then there are other kind of individuals that we are to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now I'm saying that because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter four, verse two, speaking of the children of Israel, It says, because they did not mix faith with the word preached, it did not profit them. In other words, they heard it, but they didn't mix faith with it. And another translation says, and it didn't do them a bit of good. So in order for you to become the recipient of the open hand of God, provision, uh, liberality, more than enough, you have to mix faith with what you're hearing tonight. Is anybody going to mix faith with it? Hallelujah. I'm already mixing my faith with it. 
I've already got my faith stirred. I'm, I'm already expecting 2022, even in the midst of chaos and disorder, to be the absolute finest year I've ever had as a Christian. More provision so that not only all my needs are met, all the ministry's needs are met, but I got plenty left over to help other people. Because that's, that's mine and Carolyn's greatest dream is to not only have all of our needs met and plenty left over. The Bible says that a, a, a good man layeth up an inheritance under his children's children. Amen. Amen. I've, I've told all my grandchildren when they reach 21, they will receive their trust fund. And I've been laying it up for them from the day they were born. Dylan just got his. Hallelujah. Amen. His sister that turned 21 before him just recently got hers. The ones that turned 21 prior to that, they've got theirs. And I still got two more grandsons to go and a great granddaughter. And I've been laying up because the Bible says that's what a good man does. Now, my dad didn't know these scriptures. <laughs> I wish he had them, but uh, if he'd have known them, he'd have done it. But I, I want to be a good man in the eyes of God. So I lay up an inheritance to my children's children. Okay. So, uh, and, and I've told them. Now, Dylan, have you been expecting this for a long time? In fact, he already had plans of what he's going to do with it before he ever got it. That's expectancy. Are you making plans tonight? Are you making plans to experience the open hand of God? Provision, liberality, more than enough. Hallelujah. I want you to get up every day declaring, I am going to experience the open hand of God. Even in the midst of chaos and disorder, it doesn't shake me. It doesn't move me. I got my faith on God and his word. My eyes are on him and come what may, I am going to live in total victory. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout if you believe it. Praise God. Amen. All right. Now in the uh, Amplified Bible, of verse 15, it says that the key to receiving is looking, watching, and expecting. Looking, watching, and expecting. The message translation says, expectant. When God's people are expectant, then you give them what they need on time. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I like an on time God. Amen. I mean, there are times when I thought he was not on time, Come on. but he's always on time. Always. 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 Amen. Never late. Sometimes it looks like he's not showing up on time. You know, it's like I heard John Evansini say one time, when I first met John, he was pastoring a church out in San Diego area. And I was renting a, a convention center in San Diego doing my meetings. And he came and, and he said, uh, Brother Jerry, uh, why don't you use my church auditorium? Uh, it'll hold as many people as, as that uh, facility you're renting. And he said, and I won't even charge you anything. Just come do it at my church. So the next year we went to his church and, and I, that's when I really got acquainted with John. And that's before he started traveling. He was pastoring a church back then. 
And he told me one night, he said, you know, when I first started out, uh, he said, I, I was broke. Man, I didn't have a dime. And he said, and God's telling me to do this and God's telling me to do that. And he said, my old car was absolutely worn out. I needed a better car. And he said, I kept asking God to provide me with a better car. And he said, it just seemed like it's going to never, never going to happen. And finally he said, I got desperate one night. And he said, I got down on my knees and I said, now God, if you had an old car like this, I'd help you. <laughs> That's funny. Sometimes we, we, we feel desperate and we think God's not listening and God's busy with somebody else and he's not showing up on time, but he's never late. Amen. Never late. Amen. He's never late. So once again, it says from the message translation, when God's people are expectant, then you give them what they need on time. So I want to encourage you, be expectant. Amen. Not just tonight, but tomorrow and next week. And when we get into 2022 and it looks like the bottom has fallen out on planet earth, you just remember the open hand, the open hand. You ought to, you ought to get that picture. Take a picture of that picture and just frame it. Put it in your bedroom. Put it in your bathroom. Put it on the mirror and just say, I'm expecting the open hand of God. God will provide for me and my family in the midst of disorder and chaos. Can you say amen? amen? All right. Now I keep hearing in my spirit and God is accelerating things. It's still going to require faith because it's impossible to please God without faith. But I keep hearing in my spirit, things are about to be accelerated. It's not going to take near as long for manifestations to take place as it has in the past. Why? Because we are headed for the appearing of Jesus. Amen. We, we could very well be the generation that will usher in the appearance of Jesus. And you know, all like I heard somebody say, uh, I'm not looking for a hole in the ground. I'm looking for a hole in the sky. Hallelujah. And it could be that we're the generation that will bring him back. I mean, the signs of the times are certainly indicating we could possibly be that generation. So God is going to accelerate things. He will never allow Satan to get the upper hand. The Bible says when sin abounded, grace did much more. That means God will always have the final say. God will always have the upper hand. Amen. So just determine in your heart that no matter what happens in the days ahead, you are not going to be shaken by it. As the apostle Paul said in Acts 20, 24, none of these things move me. Amen. I, I, I determined way back a long time ago that that was going to be my motto as well. None of these things move me. And I've endeavored to live by that principle all these years. Now, verse 19 from the Passion Translation says, every godly person receives even more than what they ask for. Every godly person receives even more than what they ask for. Why? Because he's the God of more than enough. He's the God 
that will take us above and beyond what we need. And not only that, his hand is full of blessings. Amen. Praise God. Um, He opens his hand and he showers blessings on his faithful ones. The open hand of God not only reveals his desire and his willingness to bless us, but it also reveals his extreme generosity. God is generous. Amen. He's not stingy. God is generous. Hallelujah. I love being around generous people. I, I, I endeavor to be a generous person. Amen. And uh, uh, I, I learned a long time ago that generosity begats generosity. Amen. It's a spiritual law. When you're generous, you will experience generosity. When you help others, you will be helped. Amen. It's spiritual law. When you pour out blessings on others, others heap blessings on you. Amen. Uh, in the message translation, uh, there's a verse. It says, the, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Right. Amen. If you're generous, then your world gets bigger and bigger and larger and larger. Right. Can you say amen? Amen. Now you have to understand, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this for the first time, so I got my notes. <laughs> I don't want to overlook something. Uh, James chapter one, verse five reveals to us that one of the, one of the uh, attributes of God is that he is liberal and he giveth liberally. When it says God is liberal, it implies that he's big hearted. I found one dictionary defined liberal as being open-handed. I thought that was interesting. The dictionary said being liberal means to be open-handed. And it went on to say, and it also means to give freely. That's exactly what the Hebrew says about the open hand of God. Amen. So I believe we're on target here. Now, Psalm 104, verse 28, it says, Thou openest thy hand, and they are filled with good. So every time you see God opening his hand, blessings are being poured out. Provision is coming. It's the year of the hand of God. The Passion Translation says that when you open your hand and they're filled with good, each one is satisfied with your abundant supply. Satisfied with your abundant supply. Amen. Amen. Nothing is too hard for our God. God. Even in the midst of chaos and disorder, it doesn't stop God from being liberal, big hearted, amen, and opening his hand to provide for his own. So I'm saying for myself, and I hope that you will join with me. My future is bright. I said, my future is bright. I'm not worried about a thing. Amen. 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 I know that I know that I know. Because God's been taking care of me for 52 years. Come February, it'll be my 53rd year 
of preaching the gospel around the world, and he had never let me down one time. I don't know one thing about unanswered prayer. Why? Because I base my prayers on what I find in the Word of God. Because His Word is His will. And the Bible says, if you ask anything according to His will, He hears you. And if He hears you, then you know you have the petitions you've desired of Him. Amen? Amen? So God has been faithful. I leaned over to Mary Jean when we were singing all my life. God has been faithful. I said, I don't know who wrote that song, but they had Jerry Savelle in mind. That is my testimony. God has been faithful to me. He's been so, so good to me. Amen. I, I wish somewhere in there they would have said, and God has been so, so faithful to Jerry Savelle because they were talking about me when they wrote it. And you ought to feel the same way, praise God. That's my testimony. God has been faithful, taken good care of me all these years. Well, why would he stop now when I believe the best is yet to come? Give him a good shout, praise God. Amen. Now, when we talk about disorder and chaos in the world, which we've already had a taste of it, we're not living in the same world we lived in just a few years ago. Our nation is not even the same as it was a few years ago. And the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 from the Amplified uh, that uh, perilous times shall come. In the Amplified, it says times of trouble and times of great stress. Times of trouble and times of great stress. And then he goes on to say later in that same chapter that we are to continue in the things which we have learned. In other words, what got us over up to now will get us over even in the worst of times. And what got us over up to now? Faith in God and faith in his word. Amen. I I, I remember uh, saying to the Lord years ago, a long, long time ago, when, when some things were going on uh, in our nation, in our world, not quite like what it is today, but, you know, some things happening and, and some things happening in my own ministry. And I said, Lord, I need to hear something that I've never heard before. He said, no, you don't. You just think you do. I said, well, what do I need to hear right now to get me over in this situation? He said, go back to doing what you did when you first heard the message. Amen. He called it going back to the basics. Going back to the basics. And the basics, some of the basic things I learned 52 years ago, and probably the most important thing I learned is guard your mouth. And have you noticed, if you've been around many Christians over the last couple of years, Christians have been talking loosely. I had a person say, Brother Jerry, you mean we have to go back and watch what we say? I said, lady, why'd you ever quit? Why'd you stop watching what you say? You're still snared by the words of your mouth. You're still taken captive by the words of your mouth. And you just listen to a lot of people today that would not uh, dare talk negative and, and, and talk, you know, uh, what the world is saying. But now under pressure, 
they have not kept that guard over their vocabulary. And they're talking like the world. In fact, it's gotten hard to determine in a crowd who are Christians and who are not. Because they all sound alike. Amen? So one of the most important things we can do is to keep a guard over our vocabulary. Amen. I've had, I've said this many times. I may have said it here before. I think the wisest investment that a Christian can make today who's having a a problem uh, keeping a guard over their vocabulary is go to the hardware store and buy a roll of duct tape. And just tear a piece off and put it over your mouth. If you can't talk the word, shut up. Amen. Amen. If you can't talk the word, just shut up. Uh, There's a, this is just something my wife and I do. (laughs) Uh, There's a community, a ranching community where we have a a home. It's not our primary home, but it's a, it's a, a vacation home. And it's in a ranching community and it's on the Brazos River. And uh, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful property out there. And some people were building a new house. And Carolyn comes from a building family. Her father was a builder. And she, what she don't know about building, they hadn't invented yet. And what she don't know about interior decorating, they hadn't invented yet. She's, she's gifted with all that. She helps a lot of people. Uh, the Hagans had her come and and work on her house one time. Happy and Jeannie Caldwell had her come work on their house. And, and Pat Harrison and, and others have asked my wife to come and, and help her decorate their houses and so forth. And this house is being built. And Carolyn, every time we pass by, she says, why would you build a house facing that direction? And it just, every time she goes by it, why, I don't understand why they build a beautiful house and they didn't put it right on the property. And every time we go by there, she brings it up again. I said, Carolyn, this is really getting to you, isn't it? (laughs) She said, I just don't understand why they would do that. I said, well, don't let it rob you of your joy. Okay. So now when we drive by it, she just looks at me and says, you know, (laughs) I said, I know. So sometimes you just have to put a guard over your vocabulary, even though you want to make a negative confession and you want to talk what the world is saying, just say, you know, (laughs) and shut up. Amen. Amen. So listen to the way Paul described how the world would be during these perilous times and see if it doesn't describe uh, somewhat the world we live in right now. Now remember he said, perilous times will come, times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with, the Amplified Bible says, and hard to bear, but not impossible to deal with and not impossible to bear. Now he says in verse 13, talking about uh, some of the things that will be taking place. He said uh, that People will wax worse and worse. In one place it says uh, they'll, they'll speak of things that are wrong as though they're right. 
And here's some of the things that it mentions. In the world that we live in today, for the most part, people have lost their identity. They've lost their values. They've redefined the family. They've reignited racial tension. They've replaced education with social uh, social propaganda, socialism propaganda. They've burdened future generations with staggering debt. They become haters of discipline and they have rejected God. Now, these are some of the things Paul said would be in the earth in the last days, perilous times. Well, it sounds like to me, he's describing our world right now. Amen. But then right on down in verse 14, he says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. In other words, with all this chaos and all this disorder that's taking place around us, it hasn't changed the way we are to conduct ourselves. We still trust God. We still exercise our faith. We still put a guard over our vocabulary and we still look to him as the one who provides the solution. Remember the children of Israel said one time when they were totally surrounded and outnumbered by enemy armies, they all went into prayer and said, Lord, we are not able to to overcome this army, but our eyes are upon you. Amen. Amen. Keep your eyes on him. Amen. It didn't say, but our eyes are on CNN. No, that's not where your eyes need to be. Faith does not come by watching CNN. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Now there is something that comes by watching CNN. Fear, dread, distress, hopelessness. (laughs) But that's not where we get our information. Amen. All right. Are you still with me? So even in the midst of chaos and disorder, we will experience the open hand of God, provision, him giving unto us liberally. Now it also says in Psalm 46, six, the psalmist said, the heathen rage. Doesn't that sound like the world we live in today? The heathen rage. Rage means that they are uh, behaving violently and they're in a state of continual anger. Every time you turn on the evening news, if you do, what are we seeing? The heathen raging. They're against everything we stand for. Amen. Isn't it amazing that you can march to Washington today and be just as perverted as you want to be and get laws passed to be that way. And if anybody, you know, it's amazing to me that the heathen, the non-believer, they have free speech, but they're trying to take ours away from us. That's chaos. That's disorder. That's the world we live in today. But they're not going to stop us from being provided for because we have the hand of God reaching out to us. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hand and say, amen. I receive it. Praise God. Amen. Isaiah 24 verses 10 and 11 from the message translation says, and anarchy reigns. 
People riot in the streets and good times are gone. That's, that's what the message translation says. Anarchy reigns, people riot in the streets and good times are gone. But in the midst of all of this chaos and in the midst of all this disorder, God will open his hand unto the faithful for those who will not be shaken by it. Amen. Habakkuk chapter three, verse two from the good news translation. It says in all this chaos, God remember to be merciful in all this chaos. Remember to be merciful. And the word merciful is synonymous with favor. In other words, God, in the midst of all this chaos, be favorable unto your people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's one of my favorite subjects, favor. Get ready to experience the favor of God on a level you've never experienced before because God is opening his hand. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Merciful means favor in the midst of distress. And it also implies the act of sparing. So what is he saying? God is going to spare the faithful, even in the midst of chaos. Folks don't get the idea that even though trouble is on the horizon, more trouble is on the horizon, that your future is not bright. It's still bright with God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? In Numbers chapter 14, verse 18, it says, the Lord is of great mercy. The message translation says, God is huge in love. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. In all this, I just simply want to encourage you to keep looking to God and don't allow the media or anybody else to convince you that times are going to get worse and worse and you're going to be pulled right into the middle of it. No, times will get worse and worse, but you can expect the open hand of God. So give the Lord a shout if you believe it. Praise God. Psalm Psalm 31 verse 23 says, the Lord preserveth the faithful. What does that mean? The Passion Translation says, the Lord protects and preserves all those who are loyal to him. God protects and preserves all those who are loyal to them. And in verse 14, it says, so cheer up. (laughs) The Passion Translation says, so cheer up. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them with a big smile on your face. This is the way I look when I am cheering up. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. It goes on to say, take courage, all you who love him, wait for him to break through for you. We have this promise from God. In Psalm 89, 33, I will not suffer my faithfulness to fail. And the message translation says, I'll faithfully do all that I solemnly promised I would do. Hallelujah. God is never and never will be a covenant breaker. When God makes promise, then this used to be a good phrase, not so good now. You can take it to the bank because some banks we can't trust anymore. You know, I mean, I have a problem with a bank that changes its name about every six months. I'm not going to keep my money in that bank. You know, 
I, I, I want one that's stable. I want one that, you know, they're here today and they'll be here tomorrow. So God is faithful. He faithfully, he will faithfully do all that he solemnly promised. And then it says in that same Psalm 89, in an earlier verse, I'll keep my hand steadily on you and I'll stick with you through thick and thin. Hallelujah. That's God's promise to us. Aren't you glad you came tonight? Praise God. And then John chapter 14 or John 16, verse 13, Jesus made this statement in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And then the Amplified says, I have deprived it of its power to harm you and I have conquered it for you. So folks, we have a a bright future, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of disorder, even with a shaky world and it's getting worse by the moment, we have our confidence in God and God is going to open his hand under the faithful and they're going to rise above this. Not only will they rise above it, but God is going to bless them with enough so that they can help others rise above it as well. Give the Lord your best shout if you believe it. Amen. Hallelujah. Expect to see the open hand of God in 2022. I'm going to close it with this. Failure is not in your future. Look at somebody and tell them, failure is not in my future. Isaiah 54, 17 from the message translation. This is what God's servants can expect. I'll see to it that everything works out for the best. This is God telling us because we're his servants, we can expect to see God cause everything to work out for the best. The Amplified Bible says in that same verse, triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So that's why I'm saying failure is not in your future. Amen. It's not in my future. I will not accept failure in my future. Romans 8, 28 from the message translation, we can be sure that every detail in our lives of our love for God is worked into something good. Amen. Brother Roberts used to be famous for saying something good is going to happen to you. Amen. I remember him telling me one time, he said, when, when the Lord gave me that phrase and I started sharing it on my primetime television program that went out all over the world, he said, you will never imagine, you can never imagine how many ugly letters I got from Christians for just simply saying something good is going to happen to you. He said, I'd get letters saying, how do you know, old Robert? You don't live in my house. Nothing good ever happens here. You would think, he said, you would think it would be good news. But so many Christians rejected it because they didn't know what the Bible said. And here it plainly tells us that triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That means failure is not in your future and something good is going to happen to you. Can you say amen? You missed a good opportunity to shout and I receive it. Verse 37 of Romans chapter eight says, or verse 31 from the Passion Translation says, so what does all this mean? 
If God has determined to stand with us, then who could ever stand against us? Verse 37 says, God has made us to be more than conquerors. So I'll say it again. Failure is not in our future. In Psalm 1, verses 1 through 6 from the Passion Translation, what delight comes to those who follow God's ways? Their passion is to remain true to the word of I am, meditating on it day and night. They will be standing firm, bearing fruit in every season, never fainting, ever blessed, and ever prosperous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I like to say, that's me he's talking about. Is that you we're talking about? Praise God. Ever prosperous. That means no matter what the conditions are around us, no matter what's happening in our world. And then Psalm 30 verse 12 from the Passion Translation says, and I'll close it with this. How could I be silent when it's time to praise you? Amen. Amen. Knowing these things, how in the world could we be silent when it's time to praise him? Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet Hallelujah. and let's praise God. Don't be silent. Just lift your voices and praise him and thank him in advance that you are going to experience the open hand of God throughout 2022 and beyond. Hallelujah. Amen. This is going to be one of your greatest years. I know you've heard things like that before, but I am convinced. And if you will mix your faith with it, it can happen to you just like I know it's going to happen to me. Praise God. Come on, give the Lord your best shout tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Get that, get that image in your heart. Go to bed seeing it. The open hand of God. Provision. Giving freely. Even in the midst of chaos and disorder. Father, we receive that tonight in the name of Jesus. And we want to thank you in advance for being such a good God. And I'm going to say it again, Lord. Your goodness chases me, follows me everywhere I go. You've been so, so good to me, faithful to me, and I have reason to believe that it's going to be better even in the days ahead. So I'm anticipating. I've got my neck stretched out looking for the manifestation of the open hand of God. I'm going to press toward that, just like the Apostle Paul said, pressing toward those things that are to be. And Father, we thank you right now that for the lack of a better term, you have got our back. You've got us covered. We don't have a thing to be worried about. We don't have a thing to be fearful over. Our God reigns. Our God supplies. Our God takes good care of us. Our God is El Shaddai, the God in whom nothing is impossible. And we give you praise tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Give him your best shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.